welcome to the 16th episode of the Loose Threads podcast, a show about the intersection of fashion technology and commerce. Joining me today is Alexandra Wilkes-Wilson, the founder of FITS, a company that starts by helping people organize their closets. From there, it recommends new products and services to try and helps people donate and resell old clothing, all while learning more and more about its customers. It became clear early on in our discussion that FITS is one of the most direct-to-consumer companies ever. The relationship it has with its customers is incredibly intense and intimate. At the same time, the service is agnostic to shifts in trend and brand, acting as a service layer on top of all of the noise. This was definitely one of the most fascinating discussions I've had in a while. Here's my talk with Alexandra Wilkes-Wilson. So tell me a bit kind of about your background. Sure. So I'm a born and bred New Yorker and have always been interested in fashion and beauty ever since I was a little girl. And over the years after going to college and graduate school, I figured out how to make a career out of an industry that I loved. So my first job in fashion was after I graduated business school. I worked at Louis Vuitton back in 2004, and I was in this management and training program. I was literally selling beautiful Louis Vuitton products on the sales floor, and I learned I could sell just about anything to just about anyone if I believed in the product. And I think selling is actually a really valuable skill that we tend to downplay and minimize as not being that important. But fast forward to what I've been doing for the past 10 years of my life, which has really been creating a career for myself in entrepreneurship and being very passionate about startups and the intersection of fashion and technology and beauty and technology and kind of all consumer behavior using the internet and apps and iPhones, etc., I've realized that selling is such a valuable skill, whether you're selling your idea to potential customers, you're selling your vision to potential investors, to partners, to employees you're trying to hire. Selling is actually a valuable skill. And so career-wise, learned that on the sales floor of Louis Vuitton, but even learned that as a little girl in New York City for fun doing things like lemonade stands with my girlfriends. And so I guess like when you were at Louis Vuitton, like how would you kind of summarize like where the fashion and especially kind of the tech piece of it was at that time? So that was a long time ago. I worked at Louis Vuitton from 2004 to 2006 and the internet was still new in the world of luxury goods. I believe that Louis Vuitton had previously been selling their leather goods through a website called eLuxury and they had just started selling through their own e-commerce site, which was probably louisvuitton.com. But that was really, really new. After I worked at Louis Vuitton, I actually went to work for Bulgari, which was a fabulous experience. I ran the retail stores from 2006 to 2007. And while I was there, one of my colleagues was actually building out their e-commerce site for the U.S. So they didn't even have e-commerce. So this shows how much things have changed over the past 10 or so years. It was still pretty unusual for luxury brands at the high price points that Bulgari was used to, to be selling online. It was something that was new both for consumers 
as well as the brands and the retailers. So over, I guess, the last 10 years that you've kind of built a career, as you said, in the space, how have you kind of watched that shift and either for the better or the worse as kind of, I guess, the luxury world warms up to this little thing called the internet and technology? So I think we've seen so many changes in consumer behavior over the past 10 years or so. One is consumers have become completely reliant and addicted to their iPhones and their Androids. They have a question about something. They want to look something up. Whatever it might be, they pull out their phone. Their phone is sort of their encyclopedia. It's their place to shop. It's their newspaper. It's obviously their camera roll. It's their telephone. So many things for the consumer. And this really enables consumers to have a store in their pocket or their handbag kind of 24-7, all times of day. And I think that makes consumers expect immediacy when they want something they want it quickly they don't want to wait they're impatient but I think they're also more trusting than they used to be so if they're going to be buying something at a high price point I don't think they're scared to buy it online versus in a store I think they're comfortable spending a high price point online if they're confident in the actual item that they're buying Consumers are buying cars online, they're buying watches, they're buying homes, they're renting homes. It's socially acceptable to be charging high price points on credit cards through online transactions. And that was, I think, less common 10 years ago. I think there was a a little bit of fear, a little bit of distrust of online. I think there was In the luxury goods, fashion space, there was this notion of you really want to try something on, you want to touch it and feel it before buying something. And I think so many brands and retailers have made return processes easier. So consumers aren't scared to buy something online, receive it, try it on at home. If it fits, fabulous. If it doesn't, they can return it and it's a pretty easy experience. Talk a bit about kind of how Fitz came into existence and how this whole thing kind of started as a third chapter, so to speak, of that 10-year career, it sounds like, at least. Sure. So I'm really excited to tell you about my newest startup, which is called Fitz, which is spelled F-I-T-Z. It's a play on words if you think about the fit of clothing or accessories or if you think about outfits, or if you even think about how you fit all your stuff into your closet or your drawers or shelves. So it's a little bit of a play on words. So Fits came to be this past year, 2016. I met my co-founder. His name is Michael Klein. He's an amazing, inspiring entrepreneur and executive. He's founded 13 companies, including Fandango. And the two of us were connected through a mutual friend and had a lot of different conversations thinking about consumer behavior and the daily challenge that all of us have in getting dressed every single day. So getting dressed is something we all have to do. You know, we don't go about our lives without clothing and shoes. So why is getting dressed something that startups haven't been able to tackle and really help consumers through this challenge. So based on my experiences with both co-founding Guilt and then working on Glam Squad, which is in-home beauty services, we came up with what we're now calling FITS. 
And Fitz is a new service. We are live in New York City and the tri-state area, and we send two expert stylists who are trained in organization as well as styling, and they will go into a client's home for three hours for $300, and they will literally organize everything in a client's closets, their drawers, shelves, etc. They will help the client edit pieces. Editing for us means if there are items the client doesn't wear anymore, doesn't know how to wear, they don't fit anymore, and the client's open to moving those pieces along either to resell and make some money or to donate if they're maybe not in a condition to be resold. Fitz is there to help the clients. So in addition to organizing everything and making a client's closet look beautiful and be very functional so it's literally easier to get dressed every single day we also act as a concierge service for the client so we will after an appointment literally take bags of items out of the client's home so we will send pieces for the clients for donations for reselling we'll send pieces to the tailor to the cobbler we recommend repairing shoes and bags and these are all partnerships that we've put in place with partners who we believe in. We think they're the best of the best. I personally use all of them. And we really create this amazing experience for a consumer on so many levels. When you have your life organized, closets often get neglected. Many people think about other parts of their home before they think about their closet. They might have a housekeeper. They might have people coming in and out of their home to do certain tasks, but they don't really have like a closet doctor or expert coming in twice a year, let's say. But Fitz now can do that for consumers at a relatively affordable price. You should check out our website, which is yourfits.com. And that can explain a little bit about what we do and show some before and after imagery. But I think what has been so exciting for me and for our team as we're building this business is discovering how much our clients love the experience they're telling their friends our number one driver of new appointments and new clients is happy clients telling pretty much everyone they know saying you have to try fits it's a new experience at the end of the day you might even get the experience for free because if you spend three hundred dollars to have these experts come into your home and transform your closet, but you resell some things you're not wearing, you might end up making more money on the resale than the cost of the actual appointment in the first place. We'll also help our clients with shopping. So we always make shopping recommendations after an appointment. And we'll also return after our initial FITS foundation appointment to do specific types of services for our clients such as styling them for an event or several events you know we're getting close to the spring and summer and clients are getting ready to go to weddings and galas and parties so we can help a client plan out all their outfits for the events they're going to brides also love us because we can help them think about all the outfits they're going to wear to all their wedding related events but we can also help them plan out what their bridal party should wear, including the groom and mother of the bride, flower girls, etc. 
we've been helping clients with packing for trips. So if you have a work trip, if you have a personal trip, some sort of vacation you're excited about, even a honeymoon, we can help the client put outfits together based on what they already own. And we can also help them shop for an event. And then we can pack them up in a suitcase, everything beautifully folded, labeled. We'll give the client a printout of a PDF that shows, you know, what you wear day one, day two, you know, outfit number one, et cetera, all nicely labeled and really be there to be our client's trusted style advisor. Very cool. So I think the point you made before about people having housekeepers and stuff or other means of organization for other pieces of the home, but the closet has remained somewhat in touch. And I feel like it's interesting because for people that do have a housekeeper, I feel like the place you actually do not let them go or the last place they'll ever touch is the closet itself. But it's also almost like the most perfect kind of entry point into a life or kind of the shopping journey. So I'm curious kind of, was it obvious to you that that was the place to start and that somehow everyone else has just ignored the simplicity of it? So I think the closet has been ignored by businesses. And I think consumers haven't trusted strangers or brands to come into their closet. The closet is an intersanctum for so many clients who have some really emotional ties to many of the pieces that they have in their closet. Some of their pieces could be associated with gifts from people. They could be hand-me-downs from family members. They could be associated with travel. They could be associated with just all kinds of memories, happy ones and even not so happy ones. And for a stranger to come into a closet and see not only what you have in there, so the types of brands you're carrying, the sizes, the colors, the patterns, but also see the condition of everything, it really requires the client to feel comfortable opening up their closet to a stranger. So one thing I make really clear, and all of us make really clear at FITS, is that our FITS stylists are not there to judge and criticize. We literally are there to hold our clients' hands and be their trusted style advisor, to give them confidence, to make them feel empowered by the decisions they make. So decisions to keep things, decisions to part with things that really are just taking up space and don't have any kind of emotional role in the client's life anymore. Also, we make the closet look as beautiful as possible. So we will help the client to purchase any kind of organizational items they might be missing. At Fitz, we love the skinny hangers. So we will sell those hangers to a client on the spot. We can bring them to an appointment or have them shipped in advance of an appointment. And our stylist will take everything off of whatever hangers the client might use. You know, we don't love those dry cleaning hangers and the dry cleaning bags. We like to remove all the items off of the wire hangers and the dry cleaning bags and hang them all with the skinny hangers, which we think look nice, but also really help maximize space. And in New York City, we're all pretty space constrained. So every inch counts, whether it's every inch horizontally or vertically. We help our clients make sure they're using all their space, literally all the way up to the ceiling and certainly down on the floor as well. So we have all kinds of tricks and tips that we share with our clients 
about making sure that you can see everything that you own. If you don't see your pieces, you're probably not going to wear them. So we like to suggest to our clients that they take their shoes out of their shoe boxes. If they really want to have boxes, maybe because of dust or something like that, we recommend clear shoe boxes. We like to make sure that everybody's handbags or women's handbags are stuffed so they're not kind of squished so we have different techniques for stuffing handbags we have things we use like shelf dividers and drawer dividers we use sweater boxes one thing that we do which our clients really love and it's kind of in the spirit of Mary Kondo who's really kind of an amazing inspiration for many people around the world she's from Japan and has her own theories about the art of tidying up. So Fitz is different than Mary Kondo, but we do like some of her techniques. For example, this vertical folding technique. So what we do, and Mary Kondo believes in this as well, is if you have a drawer or some sort of shelf that has, you can think of it as walls, we will fold items vertically so you can think of it like a filing cabinet and it really is amazing how it can save so much space but also you can see everything as opposed to think of how most of us might fold our t-shirts typically we would fold them stacking up and in this case our vertical folding technique we we fold it so if you pulled out a drawer of t-shirts you could see every single t-shirt in the drawer so our clients love that. To me, one of the other kind of interesting parts of starting with the closet is you're starting with kind of an existing reality of ownership as opposed to so much of retail today is really just based on kind of new acquisitions. Was that informed at all by the talk of moving to a world with less or kind of more importance of sustainability or kind of working with what people already have or kind of where did that starting point come from? I think you're right. There are a lot of trends right now that we're seeing and a lot of successful startups, which are all about this ethos of living a more edited life and not bogging yourself down with too much stuff. I don't think we're living in the same era of consumption and shopping being as conspicuous as it was before. And a lot of that, I think, is led by some millennial behavior of valuing experiences. If you you think about some companies right now that seem to be growing very quickly. You think about the real real, which is all about reselling designer goods. And you see that people are kind of buying and selling on the real real. And then there's so many competitors at maybe less of a luxury price point. We at Fitz partner with a company called Linda Stuff. Um, She's the number one clothing and accessories store on eBay. She has a huge business and we love working with Linda's stuff because she will accept a real range of brands from consumers, from brands like Lululemon and J Brand and contemporary brands all the way up to Chanel and Hermes and Louis Vuitton. Then you also see brands like Rent the Runway, which are all about rental and you know, doing a great job kind of attacking this rental market and making it not associating a weird stigma with renting clothing or accessories. We also see a more luxury version of that, which is a company called Armarium, which is luxury rental focused on events. 
you see a company called Village Lux, which is sort of, you could think of it as an Airbnb for your closet. So consumers renting out pieces that they own. So I think Fitz really is hitting the mark on this trend of clean out and part ways with things that are just occupying space, aren't bringing you joy, are just cluttering your space, but also cluttering your mind. And when you have too much stuff in your closet, it's overwhelming. It doesn't help you make quick and thoughtful decisions of what you're going to wear. The accumulation of stuff isn't a status symbol, I think, the way it might have been 10 years ago. And so we're really there to hold our clients' hands, make them feel good about their decisions. So if they're thinking about reselling something, we'll talk them through it. We'll give them a sense of what an item would sell for. If they're donating items, you can feel great about that. You're helping someone in need. You also get a tax benefit for donating your clothes and accessories you aren't wearing. And then we can also really help our clients make such smart shopping decisions. So after spending three hours in a client's closet, we know what they have. We know what they're concerns about their body might be. We know what their lifestyle is about. We see their home. We meet their children. We talk to their significant others. We see if they have pets. We get to know their personality, which is such an amazing perspective that most sales associates don't really get. Most sales associates in a store don't get to see all the amazing things that the client already owns. And we do. We have this really special vantage point. So my opinion is that the Fitz stylus and Fitz as a company should be able to give the smartest shopping recommendations to a consumer because we already know what they have. Our clients are telling us what they love. An amazing statistic is that most people wear about 20% of what's in their closet. And the number one reason that they're not wearing that 80% of the other stuff is that it doesn't fit anymore. So probably related to weight gain. So if we can help clients to weed out that 80%, making sense of the pieces that really don't have a role in the client's life anymore, we can focus on the 20% the client loves, really work with that, and help them fill the gaps in pieces we think that they're missing. I think the personal part of this is really interesting because I feel like in the last maybe five years, we've seen a lot of these like styling based apps that are like send us a picture of your closet or some form of Shazam for outfits. And like there've been a lot of mutations of these things, but it always felt like this was kind of the technocratic approach and it was very much lacking the personal nature. And it sounds like this is almost in the opposite direction, which is making it incredibly personal. And I assume that's actually what people want and what makes it grow as opposed to just having a random person where you don't even know where they are giving you kind of random advice. You're absolutely right. And, you know, my background the past 10 years has been pretty heavily in using technology to help make consumers' lives better when you think about fashion and beauty and whatnot. And, you know, some people have said, oh, this seems surprising. You're taking kind of a brick and mortar approach on your next startup fits. And I said, well, the way fits is today is only the beginning. And we feel that this is the best beginning because the way we've designed fits by sending two stylists into a client's home for three hours 
to take apart everything in their closet, to get to know the client's preferences. That's the best way to build a really strong relationship with a client. And then once we build that trust, we build that relationship, we create a client profile. So we really understand this consumer behavior then we can build a long-term relationship with the consumer, which will involve both this personal touch of going into their home and tidying them and organizing them and giving them direction and really being kind of an extra set of hands for the client when it comes to all things related to what they're going to wear. But we will ultimately be using technology to help keep the momentum going with that client to help make the right shopping recommendations, et cetera, et cetera. So do you consider this a tech company? Like how would you characterize it? So right now I would characterize FITS as a service, but we are building technology which is going to enhance the consumer's experience with interacting with FITS. So can't really talk about that just yet, But we're working really hard as we collect so much valuable feedback from our stylists and from our clients of what our FITS appointments are all about, what the consumer wants, how they want to be told what to wear, what kind of visuals they need. And ultimately, we're working on building an app that will correspond to all this amazing feedback that we're getting. And so I guess as you kind of go about this, who's the kind of target customer right now? And then do you see that changing at all as it grows? So we only started doing paid appointments in January. So it's only been a few months since we launched our website, but we were beta testing hundreds of clients starting in November. So far, it's been about 90% female. And I think that could be for a number of reasons. However, I feel pretty strongly that this service is really for anyone. It's for women. It's for men. It can be for children's closets, teenagers' closets. It can be for really any generation, including baby boomers, can benefit from fits. We're even finding some baby boomer clients we've had They're in a different life stage, and they're more about downsizing. They're thinking about selling their homes, moving into smaller homes, and we can really help them with that, thinking about what clothes and accessories they want to take with them to their next home, maybe what pieces they want to hand down to their children or even grandchildren. So we've found interest in a variety of demographics, but I think up until this point, the consumer that's been using us the most have been working women, New York City, who are really time starved. They may have young children, their bodies may be changing, they don't have time, and they need fits to come in to just organize them, tell them what to buy, tell them what to wear, pack them when they have trips, and For these consumers, the price point of FITS, which is really $100 an hour, seems like an amazing value to these consumers. It's interesting because to me as a guy, it seems like this is something, I guess if you take all the stereotypes that guys don't know how to shop, they don't like doing it, and I assume therefore their closets are not in a good situation, this would be a really interesting thing 
because even the statistic that people wear 20%, I would assume with a guy that's like 7%, like <laughs> that just goes down. But it, it seems really, really interesting for men as well, especially in kind of the demographic you mentioned. I think this is an amazing service for men. You know, what we've seen so far has been a woman will book fits. She ends up loving the experience. Her husband or boyfriend sees the effect on her closet and sees the effect on the woman's psyche that she's proud of what she owns. She is excited to put outfits together, excited to get dressed and confident. And the guy's basically like, hey, honey, I want that too. Get me fits. I want fits. So we've seen a lot of that kind of behavior. And what we've started to see also is that as men hear about it, we're getting inquiries like, hey, is this for guys as well? And it's 100% for men. If anything, I think, let's say, a busy man who has an intense work schedule, doesn't have time to go to stores, and probably doesn't even like going to stores for that type of guy, fits is an amazing solution. We can organize what they have, get rid of the things that just don't make sense, maybe, you know, from a lifetime ago or a different life stage, you know, no more frat boy gear if you're in your early 40s. And we can tell this consumer, here are the things you need to buy, and we can adjust them to price points. So for everything we recommend, we can suggest a low, medium, and high price point. We're not about trying to get our clients to shop expensive items. We're very sensitive to what we recommend. If a client wants to be shopping brands like J. Crew and Gap and H&M and Zara, that's great. And if we have a client who wants to be getting men's custom tailored suits, we work with an amazing company called Michael Andrews Bespoke. We send clients there all the time and we can help suggest to a man you know, now that we've seen, let's say, all the suits that you have or all the blazers that you have, we can tell you you're missing XYZ type of pieces. Go get them custom made at Michael Andrews and it'll be the best money you ever spent and you won't need to shop much again for, let's say, another year. It's so interesting because as we were talking about before, I guess, with the experience piece, you are kind of entirely agnostic to shifts in trend or brand or kind of even business model to the point where there's so much talk about like direct consumer and you've basically found the most direct way to get there. Like I'm trying to think of something more direct than this, but I think maybe you found it. <laughs> our relationship with our clients is about as intimate as you can get from a fashion perspective. So our stylists are in the client's home, typically in their bedrooms. Our, our stylists will take their shoes off. We have clients trying pieces on in front of our stylist. So we have women who are trying dress after dress, after top, after bottom, you name it. It's very intimate. The client's bedroom and closet becomes the equivalent of a fitting room in a store for three hours. Sometimes we'll spend full days with clients, especially clients who have houses. When we go out to the suburbs, we like to do full day appointments. It's a very intimate relationship, really where a client is kind of confessing a lot about themselves to the stylist. They're admitting all kinds of things from what parts of their body they're confident in showing, what parts of their body they're less confident about, maybe want to cover up, areas that they're open to spending money on, areas that they want to be frugal, brands that they love, brands they want to try but maybe are nervous to experiment with. You know, we have clients telling our stylists 
that they're recently pregnant and they're trying to dress for their changing body and don't know how and maybe if they're working they're trying to disguise the early weeks of pregnancy until they're comfortable telling their colleagues that they're pregnant and so our stylists find all kinds of things out we've worked with divorced clients who are first of all trying to sell pieces for their new life but also dress for a new life maybe they're starting to move on past a divorce and think about dating we work with clients who are interviewing for jobs and we're helping those clients put together their power suit or power outfit so they can walk into a room and dazzle a potential employer so it's a really intimate experience I think it's as direct to a consumer as you can get and as you said we are agnostic we're not here to say that consumers have to buy all one brand or all from one retailer we partner with about 400 retailers and brands so we have affiliate relationships with everyone so if we have a client who says you know I love to shop at these five stores when you give me my shopping recommendations please just focus on these five stores and maybe it's because they have their loyalty programs there or credit cards there it doesn't matter we're happy to make shopping recommendations wherever the client wants so I'm curious to talk a bit about kind of like the business model and I guess like how you kind of came to it. And then given you have kind of the styling piece, you have the affiliate piece and kind of how that all kind of plays out. Yes. So we are in our early days at FITS and working through what is a really exciting business model, which starts with a service. So the FITS service starts at two stylists coming into the home for three hours, $300. But what we're finding that's really exciting more than we initially anticipated, is that clients are booking repeat follow-up visits. And we thought this might be maybe twice a year as clients think about the changing kind of major seasons. You have your warm weather clothes and then your cold weather clothes, and we thought we could kind of help with those transitions. But clients might start out with the Fitz Foundation appointment and then have us come back to just focus on styling or just focus on packing or focus on another closet or another person in their household. So the repeat rate is really healthy. I mentioned we have all these partnerships, which are great. We deliver to the client the best of the best with the partnerships, are getting involved in facilitating the easy experience for our clients, does not affect the client's price. They pay the same that they would pay for, let's say, a shoe repair or bag repair with Leather Spa, which is our cobblering partner in New York. They'll pay the same amount with Leather Spa that they pay whether or not we were involved. We just help make it easy for them. Same thing with our resale partner, Linda Stuff. The client gets the same percentage that they would get if they worked with Linda Stuff directly. We just make it easy. We're all about making our client's life easy which is, I think, what's so appealing to the client, that if the client has a chair in their bedroom piled up with basically their clothing and accessory to-do list, things that go to the tailor, the cobbler, the dry cleaner, etc., we come in and we get rid of that chair, basically. We make everything go to the respective place where it should end up, the right partner at the right price, And we kind of oversee and facilitate that for the consumer. So we benefit from these relationships through the partnerships. 
And then we work, as I said, with about 400 retailers and brands with affiliate relationships. So we benefit from any shopping purchases that we recommend to a client. A lot of what we recommend to our clients is organizational items from, let's say, container store. So we benefit if the client buys some of those items. But also a lot of our clients are buying both fits faves types of items, which are basically the 25 items for men and 25 items for women that we think everyone should have in their wardrobe. So we try to help the clients fill the gaps with the pieces that they're missing from the fits faves. And so I guess given that, like, how do you decide what to focus on? You could go anywhere with this, right? Into kind of the organizational, into the clothing, to the apparel. How do you kind of think about the focus piece? Based on my experiences with Guilt and Glam Squad and knowing my own personality, I get excited by new ideas. We're really trying to rein it in and become experts in New York City organizing and editing our clients' wardrobes and giving them the best shopping recommendations possible. That's our focus today. We could have launched in 10 cities. We figured let's nail New York City Let's also nail the suburbs, which gives us a really healthy balance to an urban client. So we understand how do consumers interact with their closets and with shopping when they live in houses. And from there, we're taking all of this data. We're data obsessed as a company. So before every appointment, we have a client fill out a pre-appointment survey. We have them send us images and photos of their closets in advance of an appointment, after the appointment, we have the client and the stylist fill out a survey. So we take all of this information and we're rigorous in analyzing it and using this information to help perfect our offerings and our services so we can really tweak the experience to deliver the best of the best. What sort of lessons from your previous two companies did you kind of take into this that very much informed kind of how fits would exist? So I learned so much in both my guilt and glam squad experiences. Number one is thinking about the team and the culture. So we are building a really fabulous culture at FITS with both our stylists and our corporate team. What we've done for our stylists is create a community that's not competitive. They're not paid on commission. They're not cutthroat. They really love working with each other. Many of their appointments are happening when they're in pairs, so they develop this camaraderie and trust with one another. We gather our stylists regularly, whether it's for fun activities, like the other night this week, we all gathered together and did a cardio dance class together uh, called AKT, which was a lot of fun. So we'll do fun bonding, things like that. And we'll also provide our stylists with amazing ongoing education. So for example, we had Ralph Lauren kids train our stylists in kids clothing. We had Bonobos train our stylists in men's clothing. So we're gathering them regularly, which is really important. And then our Fitz corporate culture is really about excellence, about hiring the best of the best. All of us act as though we're founders. We care so much about our company we believe in transparency. So that's one thing that over the years has gotten a little bit easier for me. In my earlier days as a manager and a leader, I found it pretty difficult to give kind of honest, tough feedback to people. And I've realized over the years that not only is it 
really important to do that, but it ultimately really helps develop the team and the talent. So we take time to give each other feedback. And at the end of the day, we also have fun. We love what we're doing. We get along really well. We respect one another. And we're building a business that we all believe in and we all want to see succeed because we all feel like this is a service that everybody needs. Everybody needs fits in their life. It seems then that you're very bullish on kind of personalization then as a future of where this industry is headed. And I'm curious kind of how bullish are you on that? And then also, how do you see that kind of scaling as well? Because there is the human element, which is obviously super important to this. And as I'm sure many venture capitalists will say, that doesn't scale as well as technology, blah, blah, blah. But how do you kind of see that interplay evolving? So I do believe in personalization. So much of what we did at Gilt ultimately was using personalization through technology. Glam Squad was all about personalized in-home beauty services, delivering clients what they want, but through a kind of systematic approach and excellent training and guardrails. And then Fitz is very, very personalized. And the way we're starting is about creating an incredible consumer experience. And we're at the early days of building a brand. Ultimately, we have lots of strategies in place for how we'll scale. But at this point, we really are just focused on getting New York and the suburbs figured out as we build our playbook for expansion to other markets. You know a lot about expanding to other cities, whether it was seeing how Guilt City expanded and then Glam Squad has expanded. But before you expand, you really want to nail what works well, what customers love. We have a really high NPS. It's a 79. Consumers love their experience with us. They're telling their friends. And we want to kind of capitalize on that and make sure that they keep telling their friends and they keep coming back for more services with Fits. I guess is the last question. What's the biggest clause that you guys have worked with so far and did the size of it surprise you? (laughs) So we worked with a client who has 12 closets (laughs) and 741 items in her closets, which was pretty fabulous. And we've also started getting requests from clients in other cities who really want fits so badly that they are willing to fly our team in and pay for all expenses and day rates and whatnot. So that's not our focus and our business model today, but we really prioritize delivering excellent customer service and excellent customer experience. So I hate saying no to any kind of customer request, but we're finding that we can cater to any client, no matter what life stage they're in, no matter what their comfortable price points are. If they live in a modest studio in New York City that's a five-floor walk-up, or they live in a lavish home with 12 closets, we can personalize and tailor the fits experience to any type of customer. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Loose Threads podcast. Join the newsletter at loosethreads.com and feel free to leave a review on iTunes. We always appreciate it. This episode was edited by George Drake Jr. And my thanks to him for his time on it. 
My head was kind of spinning after this interview because Fitz seems to nail everything that is relevant in the fashion and consumer space today, while also having the flexibility to evolve with time. Even though the company only launched a few months ago, I would definitely keep an eye on what they're working on. Once the technology becomes visible to customers, which seems like an already great service only gets better. We have a great roster of upcoming guests, including Amanda Curtis of 19th Amendment, Andrew Lepofsky of Eponym, and Rachel Shackman of Story. Thanks for listening and talk to you soon.